So the push to increase vaccination rates has gone all kinds of places. As you know, we've seen lotteries, we've seen giveaways, giant massive walk-in or drive-through clinics, some places offering free beer and marijuana if you get a vaccination. Um, By and large, Canada has done extremely well in this area. We, in fact, now lead the world in percentage of population that have received a vaccination. One area where it seems to be lagging a little bit, though, is among younger Canadians. And, you know, if you think about it, there may be a few good reasons for that. So we're going to find out exactly what we may be able to do to, you know, improve the, the push, specifically around Gen Zers. Is it Gen Zers or Gen Zers, Sarah? You're one of them. I think it's Gen Zer. Gen Zers. No, I call them Zoomers. I'm Zoomers. Okay, we'll call them Zoomers. That's easier to say. Okay. Uh, So, how do we get through to these Zoomers? Let's find out. We're going to chat with uh, Marcel Denazi, who's a professor emeritus of anthropology at the University of Toronto, and get some insight into this situation. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time, Marcel. My pleasure. So when we My talk pleasure. when we talk about this particular demographic uh, in in North American society, I guess probably around the world, they really are very, very different from your Gen Xers and your boomers, right? I mean, they spend their lives and are heavily influenced by media that is entirely different from what their older peers have lived their lives experiencing. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> Let me say that I uh, had the pleasure and privilege of teaching um, uh, three generations. I've been, I was at the University of Toronto for 46 years, so I taught the parents and even the grandparents of the current <laughs> generation. And while, yes, media, I'm also an ex-student of Marshall McLuhan's, while media do, in effect, affect cognition, the way we look at things and think about them, we still have the same brain, which is more or less involved in getting the correct kind of information. The problem, as I see it, because of these media, is that oral dialogue, which is the most persuasive of all forms of communication, has kind of evanesced into cyberspace. And even when I was teaching last, I, I, I'm always good. I love dialogue with students. But what, what really finished off a lesson was if I could then put it online and completed the thoughts in that way. So there's no way around it. The oral dialogue is still effective, but it needs a completion nowadays with the social media dialogue, which kind of either ensconces it or... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Changes it. Now, the generation gap is nothing new. We've always dealt with it. And I think yeah. part of it, when you're talking about that oral communication, yeah. I, I have two kids that are uh, Zoomers, as we're calling them. Um, the way they speak, the way they use language is yes. entirely different. I mean, we, yes. they, they just talk differently. Yeah. The online modes of speaking with its compressed forms, its quick, ironic sense of humor, a kind of laugh track between the lines and several of these, has, be, has migrated to 
offline. The, the, the difference between the two is almost irrelevant. I remember the movie The Matrix in 1999, which said, we're, you know, we're born into two matrices. Matrix also means womb in Latin. One of them is the physical womb, and the other one is the electronic yeah. womb. The two have now merged in, um, in semiotics, which I teach. It's called the simulacrum. We cannot often, and we don't want to tell the difference between one area, the real world, and the other area, the virtual world. So yes, it, it is a different world. And talking to uh, people today, you will hear the online world come into their mouths and speak um, to you directly. But that always has happened. Yes. In the print age, let's not forget that, you know, I remember good writing also meant eloquence in speaking. You took good writing, print, styles, and so on, and made sure that you use them in the real world. So the, how can I say, the connection between the two domains has always been there, but it's ever more so today. How do we bridge that gap then? What's the best method for us to try and get the message that we want to spread to this generation and and sort of communicate with them in a way that will be effective? If I knew that answer, I might be a very rich man very soon. I don't have it. I really don't. You know, you need patience. uh, You need... um, One thing that I know would happen would be very effective if young people among themselves on their, uh, whatever they're using, TikTok or whatever else, are spreading the message among themselves. It's like the word viral communication really applies in this case. The problem has been that the viral communications have not been very good ones recently. And, you you know, if I'm an adolescent, I'm kind of interested in the pandemic, but also I'm more interested in, in all other kinds of things. So getting that message across through the same kind of language that they use is crucial, but it must be among themselves. Yeah, it must come from, from their peers. people in authority. Absolutely not. Anybody doing it well? Can we point to anybody around the world who has tapped into this and is doing an effective job of it? You know, I have an analogy, not in this field, but of climate change. That young lady whose name now escapes me. Greta? Who even, yes. She was able to convince so many young people. I, I was discussing her in my classes before I retired. And her dialogue, her words came up and had resonance, and I was able to take those words, extend them into the whole domain of language uh, as influencing attitudes towards climate, pandemics, and things of that nature. So she is the analog that I can use. I think the U.S. tried to use one as well recently, um, but I don't know her very well. Um, So that's the only example that I can think of that (laughs) comes close to what we should probably be doing in this other area. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Marcel, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That is Marcel Danese, who is a professor emeritus of anthropology at the University of Toronto.